0: KEHI Matters, not only to impact the lives of our retail partners and suppliers, but to make a difference in our families, our communities, and even the world. Hello, my name is Adrienne Binder, and I'm your host for Fruit of Your Labor, a KEHI podcast. We aspire to update you on what's happening at KEHI and inspire you with the amazing stories of how you are working to make lives better. Enjoy the episode. I'm excited about today's episode because of the impact that this important part of KEHI is having, not just on our suppliers and customers, but on the world. My interview today is with Randy Shaw, who is the Director of Outreach for the KEHI Cares Foundation. Randy, welcome to Fruit of Your Labor.
1: Thank you, Adrian. It's good to be here.
0: Randy, I've heard you say that you have the best job at KEHI, and I think after hearing our discussion today, many of our employees will agree with you. So let's dig in and find out why you say that. Many of our employees are familiar with KHE Cares, but some, especially those new to KHE, may not be. Can you talk a little bit about what KHE Cares is?
1: I have the best job in the world, (laughs) not just (laughs) KHE. Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) KHE Cares is the giving back arm of KHE distributors. And what I always like to emphasize with our employees is this is not something new. And it's definitely not a sales and marketing tool, uh, although sometimes our salespeople do mention it in their presentations and whatnot. But it is from our founding. It's a part of our DNA. From the, from the time Art Cahee started our company, he believed in giving back. And that was when Cahee Distributors was in the basement of his home in Palatine. Art gave back 10%. So I think it's important for our people to realize that uh, the giving back is, has been a part of us since the beginning. So, what KE Cares is, it's kind of the formalized arm of the giving back. It's something I've been involved with since I started at KE. It's actually a big reason why I came to KE. And I did it as a sidebar working when I was working in accounting and then in marketing. And six years ago, it grew to the point where, as our company grew and our profits grew, and we maintained the giving and trying to find ways to invest and bless people in need, it just got so large that it, it's now become my full-time job. And I really do feel like the most blessed person in the world in having this for my job because it is something I'm incredibly passionate about.
0: You mentioned that 10% of our net profits goes into the KK Cares Foundation. Mm-hmm. What is done with that 10%?
1: That 10% goes into three different buckets. It's the outreach, which is the part that I oversee. It's in-reach, which is helping our employees and with needs that arise through our employees, what, what they're going through, but it's also a scholarship. They give away scholarship money. So it's outreach, inreach, and care trade, which is headed up by Laura McCord. Inreach is headed up by Eric Fields. Now, the lion's share, I, I guess is the best way to put it, goes towards outreach, and that is helping people outside the company that are serving people. It has to be about people. We I I talk to a lot of our employees and very often I get people asking me, you know, while well, I'm involved with uh, dog rescues, would K Care's help with that? And I'm a dog lover myself. I have 3 dogs and I explain that to them, but we're about helping people. So the biggest share of the 10% that we set aside goes towards helping people both around the country and around the world. And the key element of that is what we call relationship. And that relationship has to start with one of our employees getting involved with some organization that is serving people.
0: You mentioned that you help with people in the US and outside of the US? What percentage um, of your work is domestic versus international?
1: Okay, Um, we have a target range every year and we actually come very close to hitting it. In some years we've hit it right on the nose. Every year, probably about 60% of our giving goes towards helping organizations and people in need in the US. About 40% goes outside the country. And we think that's a very fair ratio. We know the need is great everywhere. I personally enjoy the stuff outside the country because we get a lot more bang for our buck outside <laughs> the country and we can do some pretty amazing things. Like we we put up a dialysis center in Kenya. We're building a safe house for traffic girls in Nepal. We're, uh, we've done orphanages in a number of different countries. So it's that kind of thing, but answer your question, 60% usually stays in the U.S. About 40% goes outside the country.
0: You just mentioned the safe house in Nepal. How did we get involved in something like that? And could mm-hmm. you talk a little bit more about what we're doing there?
1: It's one I'm very passionate about because I've been there a number of times and seen it and seen the horror of human trafficking in India and Nepal. But that all started because of an employee out in Montana, and. He was involved through his local church in loading up a a container of of goods that was going, I believe to India, to help with a group that was working with human trafficking and the victims. And he contacted me, asked me if this would be the kind of thing that K-Cares would support in helping them get this container over there. And I said, yeah, possibly we would. Tell me about your involvement. He was involved with gathering the goods and loading the container. I challenged him. I said, would you be willing to go and see for yourself what this is, what's going on? Because we want the relationship. We just don't want to give blindly, you know, and especially when you're talking about outside the country, there's a lot of good sounding Work being done, but when you get there, it's not what you imagine. So he took up that challenge. He and I wound up going. Long story short, we wound up in India. We spent an evening, nightmarish evening, touring the red light district in India and seeing the horror of what these girls are subjected to. And then from there, they had already established a safe house. This group had established a safe house in Nepal, but it's a rented safe house. And this was over six years ago. So we went from there, and the reason we it's Nepal and India, in India a lot, especially this one area in Pune, India, Nepalese girls are considered more exotic because they're a little lighter skinned. And so there's a heavy, uh, 52,000 on average girls are trafficked from Nepal into India, and most of them wind up in the red light district of Pune. Wow. And we went to Nepal. I didn't know what to expect. I was actually, Jay and I were both traumatized by what we saw in the red light district. I was almost dreading going to the safe house. But when we got to the safe house, we saw how these girls were being healed in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually. It was incredible to us, the changes that were possible from girls who have lived through I mean, it. Trafficking goes on in the US, but it takes more the form of a a pimp and a, a runaway girl or a girl who has no real family love. Their girls are just taken and they're sold at an auction at 13 or 14 years old and their average lifespan is seven and a half years from the day they're trafficked. And they're raped 20, 30 times a day until they either die or manage to escape. Or some of them who do survive oddly enough, become brothel owners in their older age themselves, you know, or working and managing the brothel for the owners. So that's a classic story of an employee who was moved by something, he got involved, we went to see it to make sure it is everything that they're telling us, and this particular case with restoring Hope Nepal turned out to be everything we had heard and more. And that's why we're involved to this day. And last year we purchased the land for a permanent home for the girls, and right now we're working on uh, providing a permanent structure. Actually, it will be two buildings on the piece of property that we were able to buy.
0: Wow, that's amazing how this one small request from an employee turned into this great relationship with an organization. and a huge impact that Khe and KE cares is having. Um, to and help it actually others.
1: goes beyond that, Adrian. 2 years ago, after being a, to the safe house a number of times, I realized that these girls are have been through so much and it's really hard to get your western mind around the conditions there. Like a daughter is not valued by really anybody in this culture in the Nepalese culture. And so after a girl's been trafficked, most of the time she's not allowed to return home, even if she was trapped or tricked into it or just taken. She's disgraced the family. So they don't really have a home, which is hard for us to get our mind around. But they look at American women as the most empowered women in the world, which honestly, from what I've seen, they are. So I had the idea that I would begin bringing some of our women who they hold in such high esteem, and that these are empowered American businesswomen. And this is exactly how it worked out. These girls are so in awe that American businesswomen would take the time to come around halfway around the world to spend a week with them and just to get to know them as people. At the same time, the impact that these girls, with their stories as they come out during the week, the impact they have on our women, and it's just a beautiful thing, and it's a, a classic example of, okay, we had an employee in Montana who stepped up and got involved. I mean, in the middle of nowhere in Montana, <laughs> gets involved, comes back, we go into doing this and, and building a safe house. These girls impact our our women employees. I've taken two teams. We just had to cancel the third team this year because of COVID, we were gonna go in March, but um, we will be taking those trips again. And uh, it's amazing that these girls profoundly affect our women that go to them. And there's not just tears when we leave, there's weeping gets to me now, even thinking about it. Our women leaving them and these girls being separated from our women who just bond with them during this amazing week that we spend there.
0: I imagine that the effect that you know the women in Nepal have on our Kehi women that are going to visit them, that's probably not unique just to the Nepal situation. I would imagine that any employee or most employees that go on one of these serving trips, whether it's in the United States or internationally, while they're going to have an effect on the people there, they actually are receiving something in return and learning. Can you speak a little bit about that? And
1: Classic example is Laura McCord went with me to Kenya a few years ago, and that was the genesis for Care Trade because we realized this little African coffee company that was a vendor of ours had no clue how to work with Kehi and and in our american market and so laura created kate what has now become care trade which is really just a business incubator for small companies that have a philanthropic bent like katie does and what this company was doing was digging water wells in villages and they were supporting a dialysis center which we got involved with in kenya so our employees go they're they're touched the relationship develops, and then we grow together. You know, we're building a a fabulous school right now in the remote mountains of Honduras through another partner, Mission Lazarus, who a number of our people have been to. And the more employees we have involved with something, the greater our investment is. If the relationship is healthy and right and transparent, and, and when I say relationship, What I'm always looking for is in any relationship, whether it's a friendship, dating relationship, certainly a marriage, a business relationship, it's gotta be based on mutual trust and respect. And if you have those two elements, then you have the basis for a real healthy relationship. If you don't have that mutual trust and respect, you have nothing to build on. So we're always looking to develop a real, good, healthy relationship. And that involves transparency on the part of the people that we're going to help. We wanna know the good, the bad, and the ugly. What's what's working? I wanna know about what's failing, what's not working. Don't just tell us the good stuff. But that's why we keep going back again and again. We wanna see that. At the same time, we go in as guests we're not just because we're providing a little money we are not going to try to tell them whether it's somebody working in the inner city on the west side of chicago or somebody working in remote villages in rwanda they're the experts we're not going to come in there and try to tell them what they should be doing but we talk about what can be done and based on their experiences and their direction and then Uh, our relationship with them and our employees' relationship with them. What's the best thing to do? And it's, that's how all these things happen. It's just, it's magic how it happens. It really is. I don't have any other explanation for it.
0: So we're recording this in the middle of the pandemic. We're six months in, so travel is very limited right now. But eventually we will get back to being able to travel and do these serving trips How do employees get involved with something like this? Who can get involved?
1: Okay, well, we would love to have everybody involved. We have now taken probably close to 1,500 of our employees on serving trips. The first trip, and this has worked out well for us, is a serving trip to Laredo, Texas. Many of our employees, many, many have been there. It's working with a small church right on the Texas-Mexican border. We want people outside their comfort zones. So we don't like to take teams from within the company. Uh, as a matter of fact, we do everything to discourage that. You know, we have 6,000 employees and we found that it works best if you have this broad mix of employees. So people sign up. We put out the dates for the trips. Used to have a hard time filling them. Uh, that wasn't a problem before COVID. We were we're overbooked actually with people wanting to go. But how those teams work, the first trip is Laredo because Laredo, Texas, like I said, I want people outside their comfort zone. The first thing about Laredo is English is the second language in Laredo, Texas. So for most of the time, unless you're fluent in Spanish, you don't understand what's being said and you have to figure out how to communicate with people that may or may not speak any English at all. It's always hilarious listening to our people speaking what little Spanish they know, <laughs> but it works. So there's that, that comfort zone level that has to be overcome. The next thing is we take teams, it's a team of 10 people, and you might have an order picker from Lehigh Valley with an executive vice president over some aspect of our business here. And we tell everybody there's no titles here. Um, you're just another CAHI employee and we're here to serve together. And the first night, it's a lot of discomfort, a lot of awkward moments of silence and that. 24 hours later, we go on a Wednesday, we come home on a Saturday. 24 hours later, so by Thursday night, you've been serving together all day, and it's a totally different feeling. And we do a nightly debrief, which is where people really, amazingly to me, I didn't think they would open up around each other, but they do after serving together all day and being outside their comfort zone. 48 hours later, They are best friends for life, and they're all exchanging information, which is so healthy for us as a company to have people from all different walks of the company coming together and serving together, doing something outside themselves, way outside their comfort zone, and they just bond. We haven't had one team that comes back, and and most people describe it as a life-changing experience which in a lot of cases it is, uh, because we've had people go on to do amazing things and get us involved with things where they are working right now. But Laredo is also a test. We tell people that if they go to Laredo, then we'll open up other opportunities to go to other places outside the country. Most people wouldn't go outside the country as a first step trip anyway, but once they get a taste of Laredo, they wanna go and they wanna go do more. The Laredo is the first trip, and once you do that, we try to find other avenues for you to do any number of things, you know, with schools or building latrines in Honduras, uh, developing this community in the hills of Guatemala and Santa Rosita. Everything is dependent on that first step trip. How, are you, how do you do it there? Um, did you interact well with your fellow employees, and did you interact well with... Uh, people you have absolutely nothing in common with.
0: As we get through the pandemic and we get back into uh, traveling again, I expect that we'll see more information coming from you out at all of our locations, letting employees know how to sign up and get more involved in Kiki Cares.
1: As soon as... I get the go-ahead from HR saying (laughs) we can start the trips again, which doesn't look like it'll be till at least January, I would say. And and that's even probably optimistic. We will be putting out something. And I don't know how it's going to be after things, the lockdowns stop. I don't know if people are going to be paranoid about getting onto planes. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. But right before the lockdown, we had decided... We had so many employees applying for the Laredo trip that we decided that in the next round, which we take those trips usually through September through May, but we're gonna almost have to do a selection process because it used to be first come, first serve. Well, that wasn't really fair to our warehouse employees or our truck drivers. Uh, because if you didn't have a CAHE email address, those trips would fill up like that. So we we're going to do more of a selection process. So that's where I believe we're going to be going once we do reopen again for trips.
0: So you've talked a lot about uh, these serving trips, and that's a lot of what CAHE Cares has been doing in the past. But while we've been in the pandemic and not able to travel, um, what, are the, what are some of the things that CAHE Cares has been doing?
1: We've been doing a lot of developing the relationships that we have here nearby in the city. Also been doing a lot with our outer offices in DCs. More and more people are taking up the challenge of going finding something local. Working with a great guy in the Stockton warehouse, Douglas Klingscale, who's getting us involved with something. Aaron Bradley down in Jacksonville is getting us involved with another organization down there. We have a truck driver getting us involved with an organization. A lot of these have to do with food scarcity, honestly, because of COVID. And that has hit the people that can least afford to have a financial catastrophe, so to speak, which is in a lot of cases. But that's been kind of the blessing of COVID is it's forced our people to look at local opportunities to serve, and then they're bringing them to us, and um, through like Zoom meetings and whatnot, we're getting to know them. We've had a lot of committee Zoom meetings where new partners are being introduced to my committee and myself, and eventually we'll have to go and vet them ourselves because we always go and we, you know, we call it. We like to walk the ground, see what they're about, see what they're really doing. I'm personally looking at. How are the people that you say you're serving reacting to you? You can tell a lot about how good and how real an organization is by looking at the people that they're serving. There's just a lot, what I'm excited about, there's a lot of good local partnerships being formed in our, in other areas of the country. We've always, because we're based here in the Chicago area, we've got a lot of partners around here because this is where we live (laughs) and and where he started yeah and this has been the center so this has actually forced us into a situation where um i'm excited that our people are going out and finding partners and some of them appear to be like they could potentially be really great partners for us and provide serving opportunities for our employees locally in those remote areas around the dcs or outer offices
0: Randy, it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. As we wrap this up, what would you say to our employees who are really eager to get involved but just don't know where to start right now?
1: I would say to anybody who wants to get involved with K-Cares, and I do hear people, you know, I do get those requests. First of all, take the first step. When the trips open up, apply for the trip and keep applying because we'll get to you eventually if you don't get to your first choice hopefully by second or third choice, we'll get you on one of our trips. Um, So that's important, is that first step trip to Laredo. But beyond that, what's more and more employees are doing during this COVID lockdown is they are finding local opportunities. I would challenge them to go uh, check it out yourself, see what your gut tells you about, is this a good organization? Is this someplace really helping people in a dignified way and a meaningful way and if you're willing to get involved in there at some level i'm not saying you have to spend 3 days a week there or even every weekend there if you want to go and and we have people serving in soup kitchens once every 3 months and we've gotten involved with them because of in supporting them and the organization that they think is doing a good job of serving others so I would challenge them to get involved locally. Uh, if they have any questions, contact me. We'll do a Zoom call with the, whoever the head of that organization is and we'll, we'll explore it together to see if this is possibly something that, where they could become a K-Cares partner in, in our outreach in helping to serve others.
0: Thanks, Randy. One more thing before we go, if you'd like to learn more information about KHE Cares, you can visit the website, which is www.khecares.org. You'll find information and stories about serving trips and other foundation activities, as well as information about care trade, which Randy referenced throughout the episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen today.